The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Make the most of your life. When you remove the blocks that are holding you back, you can bring inspiration, passion, and purpose to yourself and those around you. This is the Hoffman Connection with your hosts, Raz and Grossi and Ed McLoon. Our hosts and their guests will give you the tools that you need to improve yourself by bringing you closer to what really matters. Now, here's your host. Hello, welcome to the Hoffman Connection. This is Raz and Grossi uh, with my co-host, Ed McLoon. We're coming to you live from uh, Northern California. Ed and I have both been with the Hoffman Institute for well over 20 years. We're both teachers. We're both fathers. We've got a lot of crazy life experience going for us. <laughs> and uh, if you've never heard of the Hoffman Institute, uh, we're celebrating 45 years uh, this year as, the, as a leading personal development program around the world. Our byline is that or our promise is that we're helping people who are serious about change. So if you want to change, if you feel that sense of, hey, I could use some serious change, um, the Hoffman process is for you. We have 16 sites across 11 countries, and about 85,000 people have participated with us. Uh, the Hoffman process is an amazing, it's our signature program, and that's an amazing eight-day retreat of personal development and discovery that has been um, thoroughly studied uh, by the University of California and strong uh, results in public, uh, rather published research. And uh, we, we have been teaching at Harvard for some years as well. So if you're serious about change, we're ready to see you. And Ed, are you there? I am, Raz. Good to be here with you again. And we put the Hoffman process on here in the United States about 30 times every year, twice at our retreat center in the Napa Valley and six times on the East Coast. Um, always available for you. And if you'd like to learn more about the process, every Tuesday afternoon at 5 o'clock Pacific time, um, if you're listening to the show live, that's right after our show, you can be part of a free and confidential introduction call to answer questions about our work. Um, and there's information about that call and about the process, our course, our teachers on our website, hoffmaninstitute.org. Um, Obviously, one of the big concerns for all people in life, and certainly those of us who are looking to grow, is intimate relationship. And so we want to uh, encourage you all to be well attuned to today's show. And if you have questions, to feel free to bring them to us and to our guests. And now to bring our guests on, throw it back to you, Raz. Thanks, Ed. Uh, well, today we're joined by a husband and wife team, Shauna McGee and Maurice Taylor. Uh, we've, I've known them for, I don't know, 15 years or more. They're internationally known relationship experts. They're both licensed marriage and family therapists. And they co-authored a groundbreaking relationship book called The New Couple, Why the Old Rules Don't Work and What Does. And they've been offering transformational education to couples and singles around the world. Together, 
uh, as a team. Uh, I, I guess since the first time we met, I've always known them as Maurice and Shauna. They've always been together since I met them. <laughs> and uh, I guess they practice what they preach because they have stayed together. Um, but the, uh, the big issue, I think, you know, a lot, a lot of people fall in love and feel that this is the one. And yet a lot of them fall out of love too. And the marriages don't last or the relationships don't last. And somewhere down the line, people end up asking, you know, where did the love go and how can I find it again? And so Shauna and Maurice know that a key ingredient to a happy lasting relationship is to keeping the chemistry alive. And so we want to ask them today to share with us what they know about that share their tips and insights, and we all want to, of course, refer the listeners to their book, uh, The New Couple, and uh, which is available, I'm sure, on, on Amazon as well as in many bookstores. I've seen it all around over the years. And uh, Sean and Maurice, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thanks, Red. It's great to be, to be here again. Here. So I just have to ask you, what is um, what is What's the big killer in relationships? Why are so many relationships that start out strongly and, you know, with lots of love, but yet they fall prey to some some mysterious force that's out there? What is it? Well, it's, it's a good question. It's, the answer is, is really two-pronged. First of all, um, to, to stay in love these days, we need to learn how. And that's something that most people have difficulty accepting as just a, a fact of grown-up life and grown-up love. We need, people need to learn basic relationship skills, such as deep listening, conflict resolution, and emotional literacy. So lack of relationship skills will kill the chemistry. And also secondarily, uh, unresolved issues from childhood, as you both know very well, uh, will raise their heads in various forms once, uh, you know, we're deep into our relationship and into our commitment. So unresolved, Problems and traumas from childhood also need to be addressed and healed. And if we and if we adopt as a lifestyle both the acquisition of relationship skills and the healing of unmet uh, childhood needs and and unresolved traumas from childhood, I think I think that's the new formula. So if we experience guys, if we experience our partners as some of the worst people, the worst culprits, the worst villains from our childhoods, our father who was a rageaholic, our mother who was needy or depressed or mentally ill our older brothers or sisters who tortured us or teased us or <laughs> laughed at us, if we experience them as any of those of those shadows and aren't clear about what's going on with that, it's, it's called projection. It's very, very simple. You guys call it transference in the Hoffman process. It's, uh, it's ubiquitous in couples, in relationships of all kinds, employer, employees, friends, happens all the time that we experience people as other people and you know we end up having fights with people that are long gone because the past is dead and if i'm fighting with my father through shauna then you know i'm uh, i'm uh, i'm losing on about four fronts i'm not getting back at my father i mean bless his heart i'm i'm destroying my relationship with her and guess what i'm hurting myself so that's the part that has to do with healing and that's the the deeper part what we can talk to you guys a little bit today and our audience about is is the conflict that, that that those deeper dramas drives and the conflict and understanding how to unpack that, how to work with it, how to tai chi it, you know, relationship martial arts, that's what we're calling the work that we do with couples these days. That's what we want to talk to you 
and your audience about. That's what our our audience can take home with us today, with them today, and really do something marvelous in their lives. Well, um, I'm not sure I really love your metaphor because in martial arts we're still fighting with each other, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to ask you um, uh, about, you know, uh, this thing about uh, uh, where you talk about, you know, there's really something else going on than what seems to be the case, and we're mm-hmm. fighting with mm-hmm. uh, re- really the anger that I might be experiencing toward my wife is something that I had with, with my mother or a sibling or something else, and I'm acting some unresolved uh, childhood love need out with uh, with someone in my present-day life. And while that sounds good in theory, whenever I find myself there, it seems so real that it's happening right now. And uh, it... Uh, how do you how do you step mm-hmm. back and reflect on the fact that hey, I'm I'm uh, I'm spinning out here. I'm, yeah. I'm acting out here. Uh, yeah. This isn't real. How how do you gain that moment of? Well, what do you do about it when you recognize it? Oh, I know. It's like no, it's not my brother. It's really you, Maurice. It's you. You're doing this to me right now. <laughs> and I don't want to entertain any other theories that are going to, that are going to detract the blame from you. Now, we, we talk about the 80-20 principle of transference. 80% of the emotional juice of our worst conflicts has to do with people in the past. This is very unscientific. And 20% or less has to do with our contemporary, the person in front of us right now. In other words, why we are oversensitive and overly reactive is that we're having traumatic trauma from past relationships be kicked up in our present day relationship. We're being reminded by what's happening with our partner of past unresolved situations. But we will see that very often 20% of what's going on is really our mate. So we have to hit it on both fronts in in terms in order to heal it. Right. So what happens is that uh, our our mate, so to speak, uh, the person we're in a relationship with, might actually do something That's right. uh, that, you know, uh, some unpreferred uh, or even somewhat damaging uh, situ- uh, action. But um, then we, in our reaction, just dump a whole bunch of gasoline on this little fire and make it into a conflagration. I think I think that's a little bit what I'm hearing here. That's exactly yeah. what happens, Raz. That's exactly what happens. And, you know, to answer your first question, it's a really, really difficult sell to get people to believe that they are energetically feeding that fire with the past, unfinished issues from the past. That is a really tough sell. And I have to tell you, people just need to be able to just to start to get conscious. That's what it means to be conscious, to be aware. It doesn't mean that we're going to have this stuff healed, but it means that, for instance, in my case, I will know that I have a propensity to experience Shauna as my rageaholic father. That that okay, I now. have that propensity, and I need to be ever vigilant about that because she can simply be emphatic, and I can experience my father's rage. Yep. You know, she can be passionate, and I'll experience my father's rage. Okay, I mean, tell, so it, so it, give the, give our listeners here a little, um, uh, if you wouldn't mind, share personal sharing. So, if your lovely, beautiful, and certainly not as big as your father, wife, Shauna. Uh, does something, says something, and, you know, she's being emphatic, but you uh, are triggered by them, by, by what happened to you in your childhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what, where do you go? Tell, tell us a little bit about here you are, this, this wonderful therapist, and, and yet it can trigger you. So what, 
Like, what are some of the feelings that come up for you when, when you mis, misunderstand her as your, uh, you know, in this way? Well, Raz, let me start by divesting our listeners of any kind of mythical transference they have on us as therapists. I mean, the reason that we all go into this field, guys, isn't it, is that we've had some of the roughest childhoods out there. I mean, that's the only reason that people become therapists, because they want to heal their families and heal themselves. So let's just... Does everyone agree to be spoken about that way? Let's just be really honest about Uh, that. Yeah, it's a good generalization. (laughs) No, not me. But I understand for most therapists it's like that. It's the truth, isn't it, guys? So that's, I mean, so, so, and I think, I think, Raz, this is where that principle that, that Richard Bach so beautifully talked about in Illusions, that we teach best what we need to learn most, uh-huh. comes from. And I think it's true that, you know, we're sensitive in ways that make it difficult for us to have relationships so we can teach other people. And, you know, I know that our, I hope that our work is a gift to people that, that maybe haven't had as rough a ride as we've had so that they can use our tools, our principles, our ideas and have, you know, have a stellar life, you know, without well, the yeah, conflicts that characterized our childhood. As I said in introducing you, you have uh, put yourself in the laboratory of your own work and that's wonderful. That's fantastic. I would like to, um, I think we're going to go to break in, in just a moment. It'll take us to the break. But when we come back, I'd like you to perhaps mention sk- actual skills that can help, like deep listening and Emotional literacy. I think you mm-hmm. said conflict resolution. Yep. Um, so, what are some of those skill sets? Why are they important to keeping our relationships alive and vibrant? And Ed, are we ready? Yeah, to we're more? just about to. We're just about to go to break. Uh, we want to remind people that if they'd like to participate in the show with Shauna and Maurice, have some question specifically around relationship. The line to use is 866-472-5788. 866-472-5788. We'd encourage you to join the conversation here. And we also want to put in uh, that our, the Hoffman Institute's end of year giving campaign is going on now. Uh, for many years now, Hoffman has been a non-for-profit organization uh, raising funds to help support our work and uh, make it possible for more people to attend our courses, including the Hoffman process. And uh, if you have any inclination of supporting us, our end-of-year giving campaign, uh, just go to our website, hoffmaninstitute.org, and you can find out more about that and all of our work as well there. So uh, we'll be right back with more of Shauna McGee and Maurice Taylor here on the Hoffman Connection. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are your unconscious patterns holding you back from a life you truly love? For 45 years, the Hoffman Process has helped people reclaim their ability to find love, forgiveness, and their true purpose in life. According to a University of California Davis study, Hoffman Process participants significantly increased their joy, satisfaction, and emotional intelligence on a sustained and lasting basis. For more information, visit us at hoffmaninstitute.org. The Hoffman Process, when you're serious about change, visit hoffmaninstitute.org. 
Are you looking for more joy, satisfaction, and love in your life? The Hoffman Process can give you the foundation and tools you need to create your ideal future. Celebrating 45 years as the premier personal growth program, the Hoffman Process has helped over 80,000 people worldwide discover answers and guidance to help them find their best life ever. Visit us at HoffmanInstitute.org for more information. The Hoffman Process, when you're serious about change. Again, visit HoffmanInstitute.org. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to The Hoffman Connection. To reach Raz and Grossi, Ed McClune, or this week's guest, please call in to 1 866 472 5788. Again, that's 1 866 472 5788. Or send an email to radio at hoffmaninstitute.org. Now, back to our program. And welcome back to the Hoffman Connection. Ed McClune with Raz and Grossi and our guests, authors of The New Couple, Shauna McGee and Maurice Taylor. And uh, before we went to break, guys, Raz was asking about some personal experience, you know, about noticing when you're plugged in. And he was specifically talking to, you know, sort of picking up on an example, Maurice, you'd given us. So um, let's talk tools. I'm, I'm either um, really in, a, an, I don't know, an upset state or I'm, I'm, I'm now aware that I'm in an upset state. Where do we go with from there? Problem with his temper. And so if my wife is even impassioned and, you know, emphatic i can i can experience her as him and so what we do in those situations i mean we're all on this path of personal development we would hope and we're always trying to sort out the past from the present and in the moment when we experience our partner acting out their anger that's our language for the unhealthy acting out of anger versus the healthy expression of anger which is is very simple if i'm if i'm if i'm in control of myself i will say to Sean i'm angry at you for x y or z i won't raise my voice i won't be sarcastic i won't be threatening i won't be judgmental it won't sound critical it'll just be straight and simple and direct and that's the healthy expression of anger everything else is acting out so if Shauna experiences me as say, sarcastic, threatening, bullying, um, minimizing, invalidating. We're going to get into the varieties of acted out anger in a moment because it's something our listeners can take home with them today. It's something they can be aware of and use for the holidays. It's, a, it's an extraordinary uh, principle, set of principles to understand our, our failed human reactions and, and relationships and what happens when we get into trouble with each other. I experience Shauna is acting out. She experiences me as acting out, and we simply invite our clients and we invite each other to say to ouch. <laughs> it's just that simple, Very simple, guys. We used to say time out, use time out, and, but that we like the vanilla version of time out, which sure we invite our clients to make up any word they want. It can be stop. It can be peace. It can be whatever you want, but you adopt in your couple a word that, or words that you give each other permission to use when you experience your mate is acting out anger irresponsibly or unconsciously or just acting out. And Maurice said that, you know, there's very few ways of expressing our anger in a way that is honoring and healthy and non-threatening. And basically it's using the old, you know, the, 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 the old uh, horse, the 
uh, I statement or the I message. So if I'm angry with Maurice, instead of saying, you know, I can't believe you didn't you'd stop at the dry cleaners and pick up my coat as you promised, that would be acting out, okay? Instead, I would say, I'm frustrated that you don't have my coat. I'm afraid you forgot it. So I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. I'm expressing as a frustration what seems to me that he forgot. But I don't know. Maybe he didn't forget. Maybe he went there and it was closed. But I'm still mad. I'm still frustrated. So I would be responsible by saying, I'm frustrated that you don't have my coat. And that really is the only way to express my anger responsibly. Any, almost any other way would be me acting out. And I could even say that and be acting out by my tone of voice. I could say, I can't believe you don't have my coat. I mean, that would be acting out because I'm judgmental and threatening strictly by virtue of my tone of voice. So you can see there are a million ways we can act out our anger with each other. And part of the reason, guys, that acting out is such a conundrum for couples and the general public at large is because there are so many forms it takes. There are so many disguises or masks that anger wears in our culture. And if I'm screaming or yelling, everybody pretty much knows I'm angry. That's called aggressive-aggressive or direct acting out of anger. But if I'm subtle about my anger, and believe me, I'm passive-aggressive, and I can, I can do anger in a way that almost no one notices. But you know what? Shauna will notice. And that's, that's the danger of passive aggression, because we passive aggressives understand that invalidation, minimization. How about this? Unsolicited advice. I don't know what? anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> Teaching, preaching, coaching, sermonizing. Helping another person when they didn't ask for it. Putting in your two cents when it wasn't requested. All of well, that implies a power differential, and it's intrinsically dishonoring and disrespectful to the other person. But it can be very subtle. Yeah, oh, that's not the way I'd do that. <laughs> and we guys Ouch. do it all the time. We guys, you know, we feel frustrated because we feel powerless to help someone. Often our women, when they're, they're just talking about what's going on in their world and their day and their conflicts, we feel powerless, and so we feel mild frustration. We're not enraged. It's just mild frustration. So what we do is we cut them off. We interrupt. That's a form of acting out anger. And then we give them unsolicited advice. Oh, here's what you need to do with your boss. You just need to speak directly to him. You need to be empowered and believe in yourself, even if it's a great speech like that. If I was giving Shauna advice and, and it was unsolicited, she didn't say to me, sweetie, listen, I really appreciate you listening to me. You've really heard me out. Now what do you, what do you recommend? Do you have any feedback for me? <laughs> that would be solicited advice. And then she could be very open to my, I'm sure, grand and eloquent and notably wise monologue on whatever's going on with her. But if that's not the case, it's just acted out anger. And we guys do that all the time. And then we wonder why our wives are so angry at us. Right. So, you know, I want to play a little bit devil's advocate. I mean, I understand the danger and the wounding of uh, poorly expressed anger. And, and you know, that, that the case for that doesn't need to be made. It's, it's fairly apparent. But yet, you know, some people, I think the Gottmans kind of say, well, they're, you know, people are people and they're going to, you know, there's no correct, you know, that uh, whatever we're going to call it, modern communication techniques like active listening aren't necessarily a, um, an indicator of successful marriages, you know, that sometimes, and it certainly does fall into the giving advice thing or scorekeeping, like, 
no, you're not using I statements. You're supposed to say I statements. And, you yeah. know, it, it, it creates a space for actually now, now people are arguing about who's the worst, um, modern communication technique user. Yeah. Well, that would just be more acting out. All of that, yeah. that would just be more, that would just be another ouch and probably a timeout if it turned into an argument. But I think it's very important for us to know if we're throwing paintballs, we should know if we're throwing paintballs. There's just something about personal responsibility and integrity to know that when we are communicating violently, whether it's subtle or overt. I just think it's good for our self-esteem. It's good for our families. It's good for our relationships. It's good for our world. It's, some- it's like an anti-war campaign to know to know what constitutes the in, you know uh, verbal uh, violence and not. Because I didn't know, I didn't know that being sarcastic was being interpersonally violent. I didn't know that. In my family, being sarcastic was a sign of, of brilliance and being a good entertainer. Right. That's how we said I love you in my family, right? You know, you exist. You know? But, yeah. Can couples successfully tolerate, like some couples, whether it's because of culture or family history, tolerate that level, a certain level of paintballs, like yeah. a, a, a juicy conversation. Yeah, and it's a really good question. I mean, see, you're, you're, you're intimating the whole discussion of nervous systems and nervous system resilience. And it has to do, of course, with our level of wounding, how much trauma we experience as kids, but it also has to do with some kind of an X factor, a temperament that we bring into this world that we psychologists have not been able to measure yet because I think it defies measurement. It defies quantification, but we know it when we're in the presence of it. That is a well-regulated nervous system, one that's flexible, supple. Someone who doesn't take things personally is not easily injured by what's happening in the environment. And that is a, is a key ingredient in this. And when we work with couples, we're always assessing, you know, what level of nervous system functioning are we dealing with here in each partner? You know, whose nervous system can kind of roll with the difficulties of life, which includes inelegantly expressed, you know, whatever it is, feelings, thoughts, you know, crazinesses, acting out. So, you know, absolutely, there are, you know, I think the couples that really do well together are couples where their nervous systems are, are naturally well-regulated. And then the next level of couples that do well are couples that come in with difficulties in those areas and are willing to work on it. Right. willing to work on that level of nervous system dysregulation. I mean, in Hoffman, you guys talk about self-love, and we talk a lot about that, too. It's just another way. It's a neuroscientific way to talk about self-love. We understand now that there are, there are neuroscientific correlates to self-love. There's, there's the, the regulation of parts of the brain, the amygdala, the way that we store memory in the hippocampus and other regions, the way we're able to balance out the different parts of our brain. And that if we have that, if we have that ability, you know, we're just going to, we're going to exceed in all areas of life. If we don't have that, we're going to suffer. If our nervous system is dysregulated, if we easily go into overreaction, oversensitivity, over, overly angry, if we take things personally, you know, everything's going to be harder for us. That's a great explanation. really appreciate you taking that time with, with the whole being able to tolerate a certain level of edge in the conversation and how that really relates to uh, uh, the conditioning of our nervous system from, from you know, 
early on in our life. Some of us can handle what Shauna was calling a few paintballs, and, and for others of us, it's re-traumatizing something. Okay. That's exactly right, Ed. Uh, some people really... won't be traumatized. I mean, you know the way yeah. PTSD works, right? A bomb goes off in a bus, and no one's injured. So, you know, 30% of the people will have PTSD, and 70% won't. Right. You know, they will or not mild, have PTSD. Or, or they'll, be mild, they'll be mildly re-traumatized or, I don't know, they'll have full-blown disorder, but they will have some, at least some subclinical version of post-traumatic stress. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, just very, very different levels. You know, some yeah. people can talk it yeah. out with their with their mean? wives and husbands and friends and, and neutralize whatever might be traumatic. And other people yeah. will, you know, will have full-blown PTSD, yeah. intrusive thoughts. Right. You know, inability and so sometimes to, with the couples then, too, that sometimes a, a very small thing, and, and some of the tells would be even a physical or somatic response of tensing what? or sweating or feeling an anxious mm-hmm. response okay. when... You're asked a question by your spouse. Absolutely. I know. And the thing about it is, so, you know, the irony of all of this and, and inherent is the gift and the promise of conscious relationships and skilled relationships, and that is that, you know, the, the wallflower loves the showman. I mean, these people get together. The, right. the you know, they one person loves the, the, the opposite or their, their repressed self and the other, and these people get together. And then those same qualities that attracted them in the beginning, those polar opposites that create so much chemistry and so much spark, end up being you know, the bane of their existence. Right. So, the, whole other, the whole rules of, of attraction and, and how we roll through them. Right. Sorry to interrupt, Shauna, but we're going to just jump to a break really quickly here. Um, I'm appreciating the rhythm and how things are going, and we'd love to encourage anybody who would like to participate in the show to give us a call here, and we'll remind you of the phone number in just a couple of seconds with uh, the pre-recorded messages. We go to break right now, and we'll be back very shortly here on the Hoffman Connection. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you looking for more joy, satisfaction, and love in your life? The Hoffman Process can give you the foundation and tools you need to create your ideal future. Celebrating 45 years as the premier personal growth program, the Hoffman Process has helped over 80,000 people worldwide discover answers and guidance to help them find their best life ever. Visit us at hoffmaninstitute.org for more information. The Hoffman Process, when you're serious about change. Again, visit hoffmaninstitute.org. Are your unconscious patterns holding you back from a life you truly love? For 45 years, the Hoffman Process has helped people reclaim their ability to find love, forgiveness, and their true purpose in life. According to a University of California Davis study, Hoffman Process participants significantly increased their joy, satisfaction, and emotional intelligence on a sustained and lasting basis. For more information, visit us at hoffmaninstitute.org. The Hoffman Process, when you're serious about change. Visit hoffmaninstitute.org. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to The Hoffman Connection. 
To reach Raz and Grossi, Ed McLoon, or this week's guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to radio at hoffmaninstitute.org. Now, back to our program. Hello, this is Raz and Grossi. We're here with Maurice Taylor and Shauna McGee, uh, authors of The New Couple. I was... Um, you know, thinking about the fact that um, most people I know would not want to have their parents' marriage. Uh, if it's to, would you want to have your parents' marriage uh, is a question I've asked many people, and it's almost universally the answer is no. And so uh, yet it is the case, I think, that in the absence of some other kind of education, that's where most of our learning about what a marriage is occurs. So uh, what else can people do? You're really saying the new couple, to live in the modern era, uh, you have to take on some some learning that okay. you might not have ever thought about before. And so can you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's as Marie said earlier, it's a hard sell. We do not, we want to think if we pick the right person with kind of one lottery, but the truth is, to stay in love these days, we actually have to learn how. We need to learn basic relationship skills. We talked earlier about deep listening, and, and deep listening is our ability to listen from our heart to our mate without interrupting or uh, or, or judging. And we teach uh, a little exercise called a listening session, which is a fantastic uh, chemistry uh, preserver. For couples, and it's really just taking 10 minutes or 5 minutes or even 20 minutes each and sitting in front of each other without distractions or food or cell phone or anything like that and just taking turns, one person speaking to the other, looking into the other person's eyes. Um, I mean, not, not boring through the other person's head, you know, in doing so, but still just softly engaged with the other person's eyes and speaking from the heart, speaking from the toes and seeing what wants to be said. And to do that once a week with your mate, it's like a date night because you're you're connecting intimately. The only caveat is that we ask couples never to be discussing issues that are problematic in the relationship. We have another skill for, for dealing with those. It, the listening session teaches deep listening, and it teaches us to be present to each other, and it's almost like journaling aloud with your best friend and lover. Wow. That sounds really great. And uh, and so the real one of the real stories here is that uh, being in a relationship means that you're entering into a field of, uh, of of deep learning, and you have to come into that with a an appreciation, almost a reverence for what you're entering into. And both parties need to do their own work. I, I just want to comment that yep. when I did the Hoffman process about 23 years ago. I remember coming back and noticing that I was doing many fewer things that would trigger my wife. I was more aware, and I was just doing fewer things to trigger her. And I also noticed that when, for, when if for some reason she did get triggered, I was, and if I'd done something, you know, that was inappropriate or whatever, I apologized. But also, when she got triggered toward me, I was, I was less reactive back. And then when Liza did the process, she was doing fewer things to trigger me. And when I got triggered, she was less reactive back. 
And I just have to say that, I don't know what, 60 or 70% of the background aggravation noise in our marriage just fell away. Mm-hmm. And we began to be able to work on what was left there in a more meaningful way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it sounds to me like, I mean, from my own personal experience, I just want to say that when both parties do their own work, that creates a different possibility, I would say. Yes, because you've re-regulated your nervous system, so you're not going to be triggered into inappropriate fight, flight, or freeze response, which is the problem in relationships. And, uh-huh. and you know, you it's know, very guys, responsible to do that, Rez. You know, guys, when we have self-love, it's such an amazing thing, isn't it? When people are self-loving, they just look contained. They look like they're ready for whatever is in front of them. They're present. They have a sense of inner structure. You know, people always talk about the Dalai Lama seeming like he's so spontaneous and he can he can play and be joyful and then be grieving when someone tells him about a death of someone in some far-flung place in the world. He just seems spontaneous and present. And the truth is that the Dalai Lama has a ton of structure inside him that's the result of both, as we said earlier, that X factor, that, that psycho-spiritual inheritance that he has, and being the Dalai Lama, but also in all the structured work that he's done in his life, getting up at 4 a.m. and meditating and thinking about things and chanting and doing all those those Buddhist rituals that he's so expert in. And and it's it's our experience that psychotherapy also gives us that that sense of self-love over time. And, you know, we've said it for a long time, and this isn't just a uh, unabashed plug of the process, but it might sound like it to those of our skeptical listeners out there, but... You know, the process is, is, is equivalent to, we say, six months to a year of good psychotherapy in one go. And I've always told my clients, look, you know that floor of your self-love where you can be regressed to, where you're sort of at the bottom of yourself and feeling the worst about yourself? That floor gets raised up, and it won't go below that, that new level ever again. So whatever it is, you put a new set of joists in there, and the damn thing comes up you know, six, seven, eight inches. It won't go any farther down. And that is a beautiful thing. And, and you know, what a great, what a great gift for the holidays of, of uh, you know, uh, actual raising of your self-love, uh, regulating of your nervous system that the process is. So, so there you go, guys. You didn't pay me to say that, but you might as well have. <laughs> <laughs> so That's let wonderful. Me, Thank you. Thank I, I want to get you. I want to get yep. your bent on on um, whatever divorce. When you know a, a person does, a, a, let's say, a piece of work and kind of looks up and says, "You know what? I've been in this. For instance, I've been in this relationship out of my own what we call in Hoffman patterns." So somebody says, "You know, I really am staying in my relationship." Not because I love her, but because I don't want to hurt her. And I think if I, you know, only work harder, do more, read more books, then it'll all be better. And I have, and it's never getting any better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, you know, I, I discovered that I was really in here out of my own pathology rather than, you know, what we're calling self-love. Yeah. And absolutely. You- I mean, do you know relationships? Relationships aren't all meant to last forever. You know that that happens, and, and and you know tragically, a lot of people come to us when it's already too late. The trust has been too badly damaged, or 
their growth has taken off in directions that are incompatible with where the other one is? Do you know there's been too much hurt, let's say, because of the conflict, because of the acted-out anger? There's been core conditions that have been violated around things like sexual exclusivity, monogamy, nonviolence, lying. You know, all of that damages trust. And, willingness, and, willingness to learn relationship skills, willingness to get help. Right. So, but but there's there's you know actively damaging the relationship and unwillingness to learn and grow and get skills to support the relationship. Um, but how do you face just like people, you know, sort of pulling their head up above the water for a second and looking around and saying, well, I never really wanted this. Well, so the initial, the initial, their, their initial commitment to each other was not based on well thought through kinds of, uh, checklist or as we call yeah. it, core conditions. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that, I mean, one of the most critical adult skills, and I think I said this in the last show, I say it as much as possible, one of the most critical adult skills and the least taught and acknowledged is just the, the skill of knowing how to pick your life partner. You have to know yourself to a certain degree in order to do that. You have to know what your non-negotiables are. If you insist on someone being a Catholic, if you want to live near your parents, if you absolutely want to have four kids, you know, whatever it is, you want to have someone who meditates with you every day, you've got to be into snow, whatever it is, <laughs> yep. right, whatever, you need to know yourself quite well, and mainly people to get together before they're mature enough to know themselves, and, and it's kind of like, oh, well, I didn't really know that, you know, this I really, I wanted to do this. Yeah. I, I want to ask, I want to ask a question. Uh, so often in relationships, someone's yells at someone or gets mad or upset about something and the other says and they say you said this and I didn't say that and uh, then the, the the argument takes on new life arguing <laughs> over what did and didn't get said and yep. what, what was or was not meant by what did and didn't yep. get said and uh, there's no end to it. Yep. Tell us a little bit what you mean by deep listening. What does that mean? Well, it's a good heard, question, I, Raz. I, I mean, I heard you use that term. We did, we did it, and you know, just to touch on something you said, you know, establishing consensual reality is something we work on with couples for months sometimes to establish a consensual reality version of their history, for instance, and to to help them establish a coherent narrative for their couple, That's which so is important. which is one of the cardinal cardinal aims of effective psychotherapy that is establishing a story that, that, that an, an individual can tell of their life really from conception until today right that involves everything all of the key the key moments the key hinges the events the the experiences that made the person where who they are today and brought them to where they are today and that they can tell in a way that is with affect that is appropriate. In other words, they're not, you know, histrionic about it or hysterical or they're not downplaying it or numb about it. Or forgetting things. Or forgetting things. And so, so for couples to do that takes a lot of time. And, you know, we're dealing with all the different ways in which we remember things. Traumatic memory is stored in a different part of the brain than normal memory. And right. so, we are going to forget things that happen in fights because when we're fighting, we're dissociated often and we're dysregulated and we're enraged or we're frozen or we're fleeing or flighting. And I mean, it's a mess. So the skill of deep listening, Raz, is really a way to cut through all of that and give people an opportunity to create a little ritual. Rituals are really helpful in relationships. 
uh-huh. because they take something that is out of the culture of the relationship that is from a, a moment of sobriety and serenity and clarity and peacefulness and you plop it down in the middle of the relationship and that's what the the deep listening session that Shauna was talking about is all about and generally then the skill of deep listening that that hopefully derives from using that skill using that tool often is that when someone starts speaking we simply listen yeah we teach us patience just exactly. to do that, it teaches patience, which we all we all need. And as St. Augustine said, the, the reward of patience is more patience. So that's very important. And our other tool, the Path to Peace, also teaches deep listening in a little bit different way because in the Path to Peace, we tell our mate our feelings in a very structured way, almost like a ladder, and uh, using I statements. And our mate has got to repeat back verbatim everything we say. So if I start saying to Maurice on my path to peace, I'm, you know, I'm angry that you forgot my coat at the cleaners. He would say back, I'm angry that you forgot my coat at the cleaners, verbatim. And that also teaches deep listening. And it helps resolve the conflict at the same time because you're literally repeating back verbatim what your mate heard. And it gives the impression of really, really being listened to. And if he changes one, one preposition, I might feel unheard. You know, so we really, it's, it's really a very pure, a strict thing. But that's another form of deep listening training. So we get in the habit of absolutely, exactly hearing our mate. It's very satisfying. And to do that, you have to put total attention on the other person as compared to what I think many of us often do, which is while the other person is speaking, I am formulating my rebuttal, uh, my what I need to say to be right. And I really am only listening to what's inside my head, not the other person. And you're really saying um, to listen, put all your attention on the other person. It's great. It's a great practice. And you know, Raz, you know what, what our, our listeners can take away from this, this show right now, this moment right now, is the simple tool that they themselves can use. They don't even need to get any kind of agreement from their partner. They can say the next time someone says something, their partner or a friend or an employer, employee, something important, something that's maybe charged emotionally, they can simply say this. What I heard you say was this. And repeat it back. Yep. And I'll tell you what, guys, it will floor the person that's on the receiving end of that. Because not only are you not going on to your rebuttal and your, you know, your thoughts and your feelings, but you're making sure that they feel heard. Because maybe they say, no, that wasn't exactly what I said. And you say, so what was it? What did you say? And then they say it again. You say, so here's what I heard. And if you make sure you get that right before you respond, I mean, that would probably cut down on 80% of the conflict that the world endures. Wow. So we're gonna, we need to jump to break pretty quickly. We're running a little bit behind. Um, we want to invite our listeners, if they'd like to participate in the show, by using the phone line. It's 866 866- Oh, I've lost it on the, on my, uh, 472-5788. 866-472-5788. We'll be right back with Shauna McGee and Maurice Taylor of The New Couple on the Hoffman Connection. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! 
If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are your unconscious patterns holding you back from a life you truly love? For 45 years, the Hoffman Process has helped people reclaim their ability to find love, forgiveness, and their true purpose in life. According to a University of California Davis study, Hoffman Process participants significantly increased their joy, satisfaction, and emotional intelligence on a sustained and lasting basis. For more information, visit us at hoffmaninstitute.org. The Hoffman Process, when you're serious about change, visit hoffmaninstitute.org. Are you looking for more joy, satisfaction, and love in your life? The Hoffman Process can give you the foundation and tools you need to create your ideal future. Celebrating 45 years as the premier personal growth program, the Hoffman Process has helped over 80,000 people worldwide discover answers and guidance to help them find their best life ever. Visit us at hoffmaninstitute.org for more information. The Hoffman Process, when you're serious about change. Again, visit hoffmaninstitute.org. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to The Hoffman Connection. To reach Raz and Grossi, Ed McClune, or this week's guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to radio at hoffmaninstitute.org. Now, back to our program. Hello, this is Raz and Grossi. Uh, Ed McClune and I are joined today by husband and wife team Shauna McGee and Maurice Taylor, who are internationally known relationships experts we've been talking for the last 50 minutes or so and you know uh, one of the things that I took away from this so far is just the beauty and fun and uh, heartfelt you know thrill of being in a relationship in which in which you are growing and learning and changing and rediscovering yourself and each other over and over again and that it's a lot of work. We can't give everybody all the answers in, in an hour, but I want to take the, take a moment for our listeners here to, to, uh, I'll give them some information. First off, the name of the book is The New Couple by Taylor and McGee. The New Couple by Taylor and McGee. You can find that on Amazon. It's out in paperback now. And that's a fantastic place to start. Also, their website is newcouple.com newcouple.com and at newcouple.com you'll find about 75 radio shows uh, that are archived there you can listen and you'll find all kinds of products and places to encounter them and courses to take from them and so on and then of course there's uh, on Facebook you can find them simply as Taylor and McGee so it's Taylor and the you know the, the and side the ampersand Taylor ampersand McGee on Facebook, so that's a good, great way to uh, stay in touch and continue lear- your learning. I hope that people today were inspired to uh, take on this kind of learning. And Ed, you had a, something I think you wanted to share with everybody. Well, um, actually, yes, Raz. You know, the, um, 
as I said at the start of the show, Hoffman Institute is a nonprofit organization. We offer um, scholarships to many grad, many uh, participants in our courses. It's one of the many uh, ways that our graduates in our community have supported our ongoing work. And um, this is our end-of-year fundraising campaign. And if any of you would like to learn more about the Hoffman process, our fundraising, how the funds are used, etc., it's all available uh, on our website, hoffmaninstitute.org. Uh, and you can join our team on Facebook and the Twitter community and find more advice and inspiration and special details from Hoffman. If you'd like to learn more about the course as well, there's a weekly confidential um, telephone call-in information call, and you can find out more about that uh, by going to our website as well, hoffmaninstitute.org. Uh, who's up next week, Raz? Uh, well, our guest next week is Dr. Joan Borisenko. She's the co-founder of the Harvard Institute, of the Harvard um, Mind Body Institute, and she has been a leader in mind body medicine for the past thirty plus years. She's brilliant, and she is also the chairperson of the Hoffman Advisory Council. So she knows more about how people change, uh, the research around all of that, the Hoffman process. Uh, and she's a lot of fun, really smart, a lot of fun, really spiritual person as well. So I think uh, anyone would do well to listen to her next week. Hope you'll tune in. And uh, now back to, for the last few minutes here, our guests, uh, Shauna and Maurice. Maybe you've been reflecting on any messages you'd like to leave with uh, with uh, our listeners. Hmm. You know, Raz, as I would just say it's 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 never too late. It's never too late to heal, to love. You know, we we are hurt by experiences in life, and uh, you know we're just we're all about healing. It happens, and uh, we want encourage everybody to do whatever they need to to you know to find love. It's there. Love is there, and we can learn to love. We can actually <laughs> learn to love. Ourselves and others. Oh, good. So you can find love. You can learn about. You can learn to love, and learning to love yourself is the opening, right? You bet. Yes. Shauna and Maurice, thanks so much again for for being on our show today. It's I appreciate so much how you've uh, made a commitment to supporting couples finding love in their lives, and so many different ways you exercise that commitment. So, thanks for being with us this afternoon, and for all the work you're doing. And so welcome. I want to, so welcome, Ed. Right. I want to second that. I was. I remember how thrilled I was when your book came out, and it's as you know as relevant today as it ever was. You've really hit on a fabulous formula for helping people in relationships. Thank you so much, Raz. Right. Thank, thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you, and Raz. Happy holidays. <laughs> thank you. Happy holidays to you too. Raz, great to be on on the show with you again today, and I'm looking forward to uh, being back next week with Joan Borisenko. And again, we want to encourage everybody who wants to learn more about the Hoffman process or other courses, connect with other graduates, and learn more about what we're up to, hoffmaninstitute.org. Talk to you next week, Raz. Thank you. Thank you again for being a part of the Hoffman Connection. Please join your hosts, Raz and Grossi and Ed McLoon, again next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, make it an outstanding week.